Painted Arrow Podcast, committed to taking you beyond the pursuit. June 11th here at the Total Archery Challenge. This is day two. Day two. Saturday morning. We're in our booth right now. A little chilly still. <laughs> it is. But it is a beautiful day. It is a little chilly. I got uh, got a cup of joe on my left. There's something beautiful about watching hundreds and even thousands of guys and, and girls walking around with a bow in their hand. Yeah, it's kind of like a dream. Everybody's got a bow in their hand. Everybody's walking it. around with camo and bows in their yeah. hands and all the nicest gear. It's it's pretty it's a pretty sweet and a event. slick of arrows on their on their hip. I've I've never neither of you been to one of these. Yeah, this is cool. This is very cool. The uh, the total archery challenge uh, guys have done from what I can see an awesome job with this event. It feels very elite. People are excited. Um. Like like you were saying, or like I had just said, we we have obviously haven't been to one of these before, so we didn't know what to expect for a Friday, which was yesterday, day one. Here we are, day two. Um, I'm just excited. Yeah. I thought I thought it was a pretty pretty good turnout for a Friday. I didn't know how many people would like be working, not take the Friday off, and then would right. wait to show up till Saturday. Yep. So, and this is the the first time that the event is at Crystal Mountain. That's correct. In Michigan, um, in the past years, it's been at. Um, Boyne. Boyne, yep, which is another ski resort um, in Michigan, northern Michigan. And we've heard lots of feedback on, you know, pros and cons of the uh, of the different venue change. And um, Sean DeMay, TAC event leader, owner, he puts the show on here. He's, he's doing a great job. Seems like there's a really great atmosphere around, so. Mm-hmm. Um, met a lot of different cool people out here. A lot of industry professionals here. A um, lot of, I mean, obviously just a lot of guys that love archery. Yeah. Wait, Which so it's, a, it's it's infectious. It is. To be around this many guys that that love what you love, it's very cool. It is. Yeah, it is. Um, what I was interested in is, um, for those of you who don't know, we, we have a product called the Mag Pro. And um, we're here debuting, not sorry, not debuting, but um, showcasing that product at this show. And it is a it's a foam mount, a magnetic foam mount that allows you to film your hunt on your compound bow. And so, I was interested how many guys we would run into here that were specifically target guys, and how many of them also then deer hunted. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't sure what that would look like because I know I know there's a lot of guys like there's a group of guys that are just 3D archery guys that don't hunt. Right. I would say the number of people I've talked to that um, are just target only, like very, very few. Nearly everybody we've stopped and we've talked to um, is a bow hunter. So that was encouraging for me to see. Yeah, and that's kind of like, that's kind of what they're trying to simulate, I think, right, in these mm-hmm. the terrain. Like that's why we're at a ski lodge in Michigan. Yeah. Is they're trying to kind of simulate the the western style hunting. There are different courses out here that are flatter but i think for the most part it's it's what appeals to a lot of the, the people coming out is it really does give you a, a accurate representation of what you might see if you were traveling and, and yeah. hunting and it's a good way to practice and it's a good way to do a lot of shooting in one day and 
kind of practice like you play, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm 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 pretty impressed at this point. It'd be cool to go shoot, but I think we're gonna be a little busy. Yesterday yeah. was busy, and I think today's supposed to be busier. So yeah, great atmosphere, great yeah. atmosphere, lots of like smiling faces, lots of big companies here showcasing their products, and it's pretty awesome, man. Mm -hmm. Very excited to to talk to some more people today. Heard some really good hunting stories yesterday. Yeah, I think today we were just talking about this before we jumped on. Um, if we run into enough guys that have um, good hunting stories, I think we're just going to start having people jump on the podcast and tell them. Yeah, just kind of compile it. Yeah. I, I mean, like that. Cer certainly not everybody, but, um, you know, if we if we make a, a good connection with a, a certain guys or girl, gals or whatever and they've got a good story to tell and jump on, let them tell it. And um, like Nate was saying, we've, kind of made some connections and been talking to some some guys at different companies here so see if we can get some of them to come on with us as well and i'm yeah i'm just i'm excited and it's it's just an infectious um atmosphere yeah i love it everybody's happy to not be at work and to be here walking around with a bow in their hand mm. that's a beautiful thing it really is it's it, yesterday was gorgeous too i mean couldn't ask for better weather i don't know what, what's the weather today? You said something about rain potentially. I think we might afternoon. have some rain this afternoon slash evening, but for the majority of the day, it's been beautiful. Yeah. Yep. I love it. Like the during shooting hours, I think we won't have any rain. I think it'll be the kind of the after party time frame is when the rain might roll in. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm in. I'm gonna enjoy. Uh, kind of today we we've been setting up some of our product to put on people's bows, allow them to go over the practice range, shoot shoot our product and kind of test it. Mm -hmm. We've had great results with that. Looking forward to that today, talking to new people. Hopefully there's a new group of people kind of coming through because new people is good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We had a lot of people day one that were very, very interested but are like, hey, I'm, I'm going to come back tomorrow or I'm going to come back, whatever, S Sunday. So interested to see how many people make it back here. Yep. Seemed like there were either people that come in for one day or they're the whole weekend deal. Yeah. I didn't, uh, I wasn't sure what that looked like, so. I would plug us, you know, kind of at the end here. Say, hey, come and see us at Booth, whatever, but. It's going to be over. It's going to be over when <laughs> this goes live. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going to post this right now. Yeah. It just ain't going to happen. But, yep. Love it. Love the hunting atmosphere. Anything you want to close on, Dev? I don't think so. Like I said, we're just going to keep doing updates throughout the day and see who we can't get to jump on the podcast with us. And all in all, my, my initial impression after day one is this is a sweet event. Yep. I'm very, very glad that we came. Um, I think they're doing a great job with it. And uh, excited to see what Saturday and Sunday look like compared to Friday. Yep. Stay tuned, folks. We'll uh, We'll update you as the day goes on. See ya. See ya. All right, so we're here on the Painted Arrow podcast with, say your name real quick. Caleb Opper. And where are you from? Uh, East Lansing, Michigan. Beautiful place. It is. It's awesome. Right outside of Michigan State University, um, we, we love urban hunting. It's, it's kind of a new, new niche that we've gotten into. Most of the guys that we grew up, rural hunting, farmland and stuff, but um, found that hunting straight out of your backyard in little tiny parcels, acre parcel, two acre parcels is a blast and um 
we're all part of a deer management program in an urban area, and it's we've found these little pinch points where the big bucks are at because no one hunts them. So they go year after year. If they don't get hit by a car, they get bigger and bigger. So we had been following a couple different deer over the years. It was New Year's Eve, a lot of snow on the ground. We actually had company over. And in where the way our house is set up, we've got a pond in the back and a couple drops in the backyard. And we sit and we just watch for the deer. And then when they come, we either try to get a shot off from nearby the house or we're able to sneak out around. So right, we're, we're, right. we actually had company over. We were having dinner. And um, as I always was, kind of half in the conversation, half out of the conversation, watching the backyard. <laughs> Love it. And I look down, and then I look back up, and for a split second, I just see this big rack coming through the backyard. And I freak out because I wasn't ready at all. We had just finished dinner. My bow was on the left side of the house. My arrows were on the right side of the house. So I'm running around like a madman trying to get all my gear together. These people that were at our house had no clue what was going on. They, they don't hunt. And they're like, what is he doing? So I get all my gear together. I bust out the back door, and I lose him. I don't see him. He's nowhere. And I said, well, oh, whatever. Get my gear. Go back inside. We sit back down on the couch, start talking again. I turn my head to the left. Boom. There he is again going right up the hill behind our pool. I get all my gear together, bust out the door, go around the garage, and now I see him in the wood line about 55 yards standing right on the neighbor's property line looking at me dead on. And he wheels around and takes off. I'm like, ah, oh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and so I go back inside. We sit back down on the couch. We're having a good time. We're talking, just shooting the breeze. And I look back down, and there he is again. But he's standing behind our pool up on the hill. And I do the same thing, get all my gear, bust out the door, go around. By the time I get to where he's at, He's in the far neighbor's yard. I'm in jeans, sweatshirt. So real quick, not to interrupt you because this is great. How many acres do you have? So we're on we're on just, at that point, we were on an acre and a half okay. of just wooded. And so do you have permission from any of your neighbors that if you see something, you could potentially shoot it out no. there? Okay. No. They're, uh, the, the area we are in is a little tight on hunting, if gotcha. you know what I mean. Yep. So... I have to get him on our property. Okay. And so he's in the back corner of our neighbor's property. He's probably 150 yards away from me. And I'm, I'm on my knees in the snow thinking, how am I going to get this buck? So I start grunting at him. And I start kicking the, kicking the ground. And this is way after the rut. And so I'm really surprised because he perks up. And he circles me. And there's a row of big pine trees. And I'm on my knees. And he comes on the other side of the pine trees. And he's looking through at me at about 15 yards just staring at me. But he doesn't know what I am. So I keep grunting, keep kicking, keep grunting, and there's a trail. So if I'm looking down the trail. There's a pool on the right, which is kind of on the hillside, and then he wheels around the pine trees and is standing, staring at me at about eight yards. That's I can, really I can, close. I can only see his head. So you're, like, crouching down. I'm crouching down. I'm on my knees. I'm at full draw. I can only see his head, though, so I don't have a shot. And my wife was inside she was so excited. She was talking loud, and it caught his attention, and he took his attention off me. No. He takes two steps forward. It gave you an opportunity. gave me an opportunity. I squeeze off the shot, but my lowest pin on my sight was 20, and he was at about seven and a half yards. And so it hit high, spined him, and dropped down, and he rolled down the hill, and our pool had ice on it because it was New Year's Eve, lands on the pool, Tries to stand up and he can't because he spined him. He's trying. He's flopping all around. I'm able to run out, get another arrow in him. 
on the pool. On the pool, frozen. We had him on ice before he hit the freezer. <laughs> if that ain't a buck story, then I don't know what is. So if you, if you haven't gotten into urban hunting, look into it. It's a blast. Yeah. There, there's some, there's some big bucks out there that you just wouldn't expect. I've heard that too. Yeah. There's some of the, you know, some of the different YouTube channels you see now where they're specifically targeting like that. the Seek One guys. Exactly. Yeah. Yep, yep. Exactly. And I, I have a couple buddies that live on the east side of Michigan, and they. They have like yeah. two acres or less. Exactly. And they back up to parks and this yeah. and that and the other. And there's there's deer in there that are very big. My one thing is like if you're trying to get into it, never even if you have half an acre, don't don't run away from it because you don't have property. Right. If you don't get permission somewhere, just find find a local neighbor. Yeah. Look at Onyx. Look at maps. Find yes. those funnels and those little pinch points because there will be deer there. Yep. And nine times out of ten they're not going to run away as quickly because they're used to human activity too. Dude, that's so, awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for yeah, sharing Yeah, man, that, absolutely. Appreciate, really appreciate you having it. me. Yeah. This is the TAC event. We, we kind of made a mention of it earlier that we were going to share some stories. You're actually the first guy. So Let's go. It's an awesome story. Dies on the pool. Yeah. Really appreciate it. And you bought a MAG Pro. I did. Yeah, I'm really, really excited to use it. Hopefully uh, next time something crazy like that happens, we'll actually be able to ca- capture it on Dude. film when I'm by myself now. So I'm, I'm really excited to give it a shot. Awesome. All right. Really appreciate you, brother. Thanks, man. See you later. All right, so we're here at the Total Archery Challenge. You're going to have to say your name again, explain who you are, what it is you do, and where you're from, please. Yeah, absolutely. My name is Marcus Ewing. Uh, I am the owner, founder, I guess all that good stuff, of a brand called the average conservationist uh it is an apparel brand of like a lifestyle apparel brand hats t-shirts sweatshirts um stuff like that and uh, i'm donating 10 percent of all those proceeds uh back <clears throat> excuse me back to wildlife conservation so various organizations kind of throughout uh you know not only michigan but uh but the country as well yeah yeah so where are you originally from so i'm originally uh so we're in traverse city right now or crystal mountain for the uh, total archery challenge, but I grew up uh, a little bit northeast here, a small town called Lewiston. Um, oh, here. so you grew up this way? Yeah, I grew up up this way. Uh, I currently reside uh, down in Metro Detroit. Got you. Yeah, got you. What, what, what about the hunting industry? Like, you could have done a bunch of different T-shirts, right? What, yeah. what about the hunting industry, wildlife conservation? Like, what drew you to what you what you're doing now? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think ultimately, what it was is. You know, I grew up hunting and fishing and camping and and all those things that a lot of people, especially in Michigan here, grow up doing. And I got to a certain point in my life, um, and honestly, I think it's like when I had kids, right? And you start to think back to all those times when when you're a kid and with your dad or your grandpa or uncles or, you know, whoever it is that kind of got you involved in the outdoors. And you start to feel a bit nostalgic. uh, And then your kids, you know, kids come along and you want to be able to pass along those same experiences right and you know for the longest time I've only ever kind of taken from the land you know with through hunting and fishing and things and I wanted to to do more I wanted my kids to have those same opportunities um, that I had when I was a kid uh, whether you know on public land and so I decided to you know start this apparel company Uh, it's you know just kind of a side gig for me it's just something to do to try to help raise some money and that was uh, back in 2019 is when I started it. Okay. Yeah. Do you have any idea or willing to share how much like money you have contributed? I've, I, I don't have a problem sharing. I'm trying to think of, of what it is over the course. Um, it's not a crazy amount, but for me individually, it's probably upwards of three to $4,000 that I've been able to 
to give back to some uh, some organizations. That's super epic, man. Yeah, no, it's that's it, like I mean that's extremely awesome. Yeah, and so with the whole thing with the company is, you know, while I said it is a as a side gig, it's not. I'm not like making money off of it, right? Like I, the the 10% goes back to conservation orgs, and then everything else is going right back into more designs. Or, you know, I have a podcast as well, so it's going into you know new podcast gear and, yeah, and things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Just pumping it right back into it and trying to get as much out of it for conservation as I can. What are some of the things you talk about on the podcast? Just like land facts, like public lands, how people can get involved. Like, what what does that look like for you? Yeah, so I uh, the podcast partners with a, a nonprofit called Two Percent for Conservation out of Bozeman, Montana. And their whole mission is to create an alliance of businesses and individuals um, that, you know, put wildlife first. So in order to, for your business to become 2% certified, you have to donate uh, 1% of your time, which regardless of the size of your company. So, you know, we've got companies here like Sika, which is the, actually the founding partner um, or the founding business partner of 2% for conservation. It's 21 hours a year um, is what that boils down to. And then 1% of your, your personal or business income back to some sort of conservation organization. So <clears throat> that started, I believe, back in 2015. Yeah, uh, and I partnered with them on the podcast. Uh, I think, honestly, well, my business is, is 2% certified, uh, but I think a lot of it is the name of the company kind of plays pretty well into a yeah. lot of people that are involved with conservation. Is there, you know, there guys like you and I, right, that, that love to hunt, love to fish, and we want to give back. So the people that I'm having on are, uh, primarily businesses and individuals who have made that commitment to 2% for conservation. And I mean, the, the variety of businesses ranges. I mean, obviously there's a ton of outdoor companies, um, but then there's also companies like, you know, coffee companies, or there's a, a gentleman uh, down in, I believe it is Alabama who owns a piano repair company. Right? That's but cool. Yeah. Right? So it's, it's a super eclectic group of, of businesses that are involved. And <clears throat> we talk about, you know, kind of what they're, or what I like to talk to about, talk to them about is what their upbringing looked like into the outdoors, you know, how they got started, what that looked like. Did they get started early? Wasn't not until later in life when they stumbled upon the outdoors and the beauty of it. Uh, and really why conservation is so important to, to their business model. Yeah. 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 It's one of those things like you look at conservation in the United States and like we have very few species that are like just completely and undependent upon us right you know what i'm saying yeah like we have to put money into some species for them to be thriving right right and I there's mean, there's the obvious ways that you know license sales you know yeah firearm sales right all that money and the then dingle johnson all those things right right but people like you i feel like they're so important because there's that's not the only way funding is going to continue these things for our, our kids to be able to do just kind of like you explained like yeah. it's very important that people are like-minded in that such you know in that fashion yeah no I, I completely agree and I think there's almost like this changing of the guard in the hunting industry right? I would or agree just the outdoor industry in general right I mean look around here right it's a lot of yeah. you know 20s 30s 40 year olds you know kind absolutely of, it's a much younger generation that's coming in and I've talked about this a ton on my podcast is you know, with the emergence of social media, right? Like now so many more things are, are front and center, especially the hunting industry. While we are a small community, um, you know, we have a very uh, loud uh, voice, I think. And, you know, you look at a lot of um, legislation that's been brought forward um, with the selling off of public lands and things like that. And, you know, the rallying cry that whether it's BHA or RMEF or, you know, there's, gosh, there's so many three and four letter, you know, organizations sure. out there that 
you know, make it so much easier for their member base to, you know, call their representatives, to send emails. And it's amazing, you know, how something that is, would affect a lot of us public land hunters, we're able to squash those bills, right? Sure. We're able to, to let our voices be heard. And I think it's just a, it's an incredible thing. And with that whole changing of the guard that I mentioned, people want to get involved, right? They want to, the, the financial aspect of it is, is certainly very key. I mean, that's how all these organizations are able to, to continue to, to yep. thrive and to do the, the good work that they're doing. But it's the, it's the boots on the ground, right? It's getting the hands dirty. It's the, it's the pickups, the, the, tr- the, the trash pickups. It's fence pulling. It's habitat work. I mean, the list goes on and on. And, and that's kind of the beauty of conservation too, right, is it's a, it's a very broad definition, I think, in general, right? Like you could practice it one way and I could practice it another way, right? And it's, that's the beauty of it, and we're all in it for the same thing, right? We all yep. want to see species thrive and, you know, expansion of it and, and everything like that. And that's why I think it's, uh, it's such an important thing for, for people to talk about and, and to try to get involved in if they can. Yeah, dude. I, I could tell just when you walked up. <laughs> I've seen I've seen your logo before, okay. probably on Instagram or yeah. Facebook or whatever, but I could just tell your vibe. Yeah. And I was like, rather than just telling me, might as well just yeah, jump on we, the mics. Yeah, we were talking for like two minutes, and you're like, let's just put the headphones on. Right? Like, let's, <laughs> like, just, let's just record a quick podcast here. Like, let's just talk about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which so. is great. And that's, you know, I mean, I that's that's one of the cool things that I really like is is the people that I've got to interact with throughout the podcast. I mean, you know as well as I do. the It's awesome. It is. And the stories that you get to hear, um, you know, because while there is a lot of similarities in terms of, you know, what the outdoors looks like to someone, how they got involved, um, there's also a ton of differences, right? I mean, I've talked to a number of people who, you know, maybe their spouse that they met in their mid to late 20s was a, yep. a big outdoorsman or outdoors woman, and they got them involved. And now, you know, they're you know, involved in a bunch of different organizations and they're, you know, donating their time and their money and everything. And it's, uh, it really has this kind of ripple effect if you kind of take a step back and look at it. And it's, uh, it's super cool to see. And it's like, I, I just love being a part of, of this group in general, right? I mean, like I said, look around. I mean, it's just a bunch of, a bunch of cool people who have, you know, the same interests, same. Everybody's carrying a bow. I know. It's great. It is. <laughs> and what I really love too is, how everyone's just here like they just want to shoot right? yep. they just want to get out have fun meet a bunch of like-minded people share stories and you know these events uh you know the tack event is is something that's just super cool and it's it's great to be here and and you know obviously we got a chance to meet i had a random question about podcasting and, and your mobile setup and you know after talking for a few minutes here we are i mean that's that's the beauty of yep. it right i agree dude sean demay puts on a great show we're having a great time there's free beer over there and uh there's, I mean, this is this is a great turnout from what I hear. So yeah, in yeah. terms of vendors and and people actually shooting the event. So yeah, I'm hanging out with. Uh, I've got some friends that have a booth here called Hardside Hydration, and uh, yeah, I grew up with uh, one of the owners of them. So he was like, yeah, like come on over, like hang out in the booth. You know, maybe we can record some podcasts and stuff like that. So yeah, it's been cool just to to meet people uh, or people that I've like exchanged emails with. You yep. know, over the course of the years that I've never been able to put a name to the face and have been able to do that now. So it's great. And then getting to talk to, you know, people like um, RMEF and, you know, just get a better understanding of where, you know, elk population and, and the herd and everything like that is at yep. here in Michigan. Um, because, you know, that's the thing a lot of people don't necessarily know about elk hunting in Michigan. Right. Yep. It's the last thing they kind of think about. Yep. So where can people find your information and how could they could buy a t-shirt like 
you give it, give a plug. Yeah, um, theaverageconservationist.com. It's super wordy. I totally understand that. Uh, but yeah, just theaverageconservationist.com. Um, you can order everything there. Uh, Instagram is just at theaverageconservationist, and Facebook is the same as well. The average conservationist. Yeah, and pretty quick if you got questions on sizing or you know where donations are being made to more than happy to to answer that um any questions you have yeah i'm, I'm really pretty much an open book when it comes to that stuff sweet dude yeah well again quick dirty to the point i love it it's yeah. great to meet you and i appreciate you ha uh, taking the time to get on so yeah no i i appreciate the opportunity and uh i'm glad that we were able to do this awesome I enjoyed it. thanks cool. everybody for listening along all right we'll talk you. to you